0: Welcome to 4Spikes. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan, along with my co-host, Greg. Hey, everybody. And we also have Max with us today. Hey! Hey. So, um, it's been a while. We have taken a little bit of a hiatus, and we are back with a vengeance. Let's just get right into it, guys, because we have a lot to talk about today. We are recording this on Mother's Day, so first of all, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there and Everyone else, you should give your mom uh, some extra props for being awesome. Unless she's absentee and terrible, then disregard this. But if she's <laughs> a good mom, give her some props for her because it's a tough job and usually thankless. So we're all going to give a shout-out to moms today. Aside from that, it's also the second day of pre-release. We went to ours yesterday, all three of us, and I think a uh, few of us are going to the one today. Uh, but Greg, I know you're not able to write because of your Mother's Day yeah. applications.
1: I'm, uh, I'm going to spend some time with my family, which is actually going to be outstanding. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I got, I got three pre-release events in already this weekend. So, uh,
0: I'm, you're you're already above average. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, Let's, let's start off by talking about the pre-releases a little bit and then let's go into some recent tournament history with us and then some, uh, of the impacts of the new set. Sound good? Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Greg, why don't you I think you went to the first pre-release, so why don't you tell us about your experience there?
1: Sure. So, um I I'm still relatively new like in since Worldwake, Worldwake was my first pre-release. Um i had never been in a um, in an area geographically where pre-releases were convenient. Uh, so so Worldwake was my first pre-release ever. Um I haven't Traditionally done very well, the first event of a pre-release weekend. I, I mean, it's not that I do absolutely abysmal, but I've never done real well until this weekend, where I I started three uh, and Um I ended up I ended up with a with a, a loss uh, in the second to last round, um, but uh, but I ended up with a with a with a pretty good record. Um, I I found out very quickly that. Red is very, very good in the new set. Um, the pre-release setup, uh, taking a step back, the pre-release setup, in, ca- in case some of you didn't get a chance to make it out this weekend, um, three packs of Scars and three packs of New Phyrexia. Um, so zero packs of Besieged, which is only only going to be the case for this weekend. Um, next week re- weekend for release weekend, it's going to be two sets of each. At least this is what I've heard. Um, so not having any of, um, the besieged cards, uh, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, there's, there's a little bit, but there wasn't a whole lot of, um, infect going out, around because most of the infect that you, that you got was, had to be from, from scars, um, or some, like some of the, the new like red infect guys or the, uh, the blue infect guys. So, um, um. As a, as a result, some of the other colors that um, that um, maybe had uh, life gain, for example, which, was a big, which, was a, which is a component of my deck, my deck was a, a blue-white flyer's deck um, that had the, the new 3-3 white flyer for 5, white-white um, and 3 for a 3-3 flyer that has um, whenever your opponent plays a land, um, you may gain three life. I don't know if it's a may. So I had like, um, two of that guy, dark slick Drake, um, sky Hill school, um, Lumen grid Drake, um, just, just a very solid suite of flyers with some, um, some white removal and some blue bounce. And it was just, it was a very, um, very solid, not, not really bomby deck that, um, uh, Dealt with dealt with my opponent's creatures and fl- flew over um very consistently. And, and life gain was actually quite relevant um the entire day for me cuz i i didn't end up playing um any infect uh, in fact guys but uh, uh or opponents so that was that was that was my first uh pre-release um and it was it was a lot of fun red was really good and uh apparently there are, there are a handful of ways of turn three, turn four, and turn five killing um, with Assault Strobe, um, um, Mortar Dogs, <laughs> and uh, that, that red card that throws uh, a guy at, uh, at your opponent for five damage.
2: Or with just Assault Strobe and the red Soul Eater. Yeah. That can just turn three of them. What's the red Soul leader, Max? Um, it's two for a one, one, and then you can pay a Phyrexian red to give it plus one, plus zero. So it, if you have a Salt Strobe, you can basically play Hatred on it on turn three. Uh, Hatred being the three black, black instant from Exodus where you pay X Life to give a creature plus X, plus zero. That was a good idea. Uh, Max, how was your pre release? Um, my pre release was really fun. It was actually the first time I touched physical magic cards in like two months because of work, though so I'd played Infinite Magic Online in the meantime. And so I ended up with a black-green deck that only had, like, two Infect cards, but just lots of kind of value removal, like Skin Render, the awesome new Pith Driller, which is four in a Phyrexian Black for a 2-4 that can give a creature mi- a minus-one, minus-one counter when it comes into play. Um, I got to play Trigon of Corruption plus tezret's Gambit, which is the most value ever. Tezzeret's Gambit is three in a Phyrexian Blue for draw two cards, proliferate. That card's insane. That card is so much fun, and you should basically, in fact, you should full stop just play that card in field and probably in draft no matter what colors you're in.
1: Yeah, I I splashed for it in in my deck, and by splashed for it, I paid two life and drew two cards and loved it.
2: Yeah, and um, speaking of cards that you should always pass or always play and should probably not pass unless you have, like, one of the top five rares in the set in your pack is Active Aggression, which was... Three and then two Phyrexian red mana for a Threaten, except it's an instant. And for those of you who weren't playing when Ray of Command was out, Instant Speed Threaten is about a thousand times better than regular Threaten because you can basically take their best guy, have it block their second best guy, and they just lost their two best guys.
0: It's pretty bonkers. It's very versatile as well because sometimes it just means that you get to... Kill them? uh, Yeah, just kill them out of nowhere. Sometimes it means you get... And sack ability. If you have like a Dross Hopper, you can take their guy, swing with it, and then sack it to give him flying. You know, it can it can mean a lot of different things. It's very
2: versatile and very good. And at three mana, it's bonkers. Three mana that don't require a color. It's it's. Tr- I would guess the second best uncommon in the set after Enslave, but it might even be the best one. I would I would beg
0: to differ it's better than Enslave, but it is well, it is pretty bonkers. It's not.
2: The-
1: bag- Enslave um, that black... Control magic. Yeah.
0: It's uh, control magic that drains your opponent... pings your opponent for one every upkeep. Excuse me, on, on your upkeep.
2: To be fair, begging to differ what I said was probably worse than enslave seems a little weird, but regardless.
0: Oh, I misheard you. I thought she said it was, it was uh, better than enslave.
2: So anyway, I, I went 5-1 with this deck, and it was really, really fun. What did you lose to? Um, I lost to just the nutsest... Start ever where my opponent went turn three, Mimic Vat. Then I killed his Mimic Vat. Then on turn five, he played the uh, Razor Hippogriff to get back his Mimic Vat. Then he played Worm Coil Engine and got a Worm Coil Engine on his Mimic Vat. Um, and I still was would have been in the game if I'd hit all my land drops because I was able to active aggression the Worm Coil token to block his Death Toucher to give me two Worm Coil tokens. But then I was stuck on four mana for the entire game, so I couldn't ever hit the Steel Hellkite or the Shieldred in my hand. Uh, Shieldred was the pre-release card who is just completely bonkers. It's four black-black for a 6-6 six, six Swamp Walk. And then at the beam of your opponent's upkeep, they sack a guy, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you reanimate one of your guys. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the,
1: the... the Praetors, if you can play them, like if you, if you actually get to a point where you cast them, they're just bonkers and really, really fun.
2: And they also all give you value even before your opponent can usually play a removal spell. So even if they remove them, you're still up. And if they don't move them, you win the game.
1: Yeah, I got to play with, um, the White Praetor in, uh, in my second, uh, my second pre-release, which is actually where I splashed the, the, the draw card. Um, yeah, I, 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 played, I, I had a, I had a pool, um, yesterday, yesterday morning with double, uh, horizon Horizon bomb and, um. Something else that, that that cheated on 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 lands that uh, allowed me to splash quote unquote um, um, for a total like a four color deck, um, which is cute. I, I played. There's a other than the horizon Spellbounds, My only green card in in that deck was um, a uh, a six drops five and and a green. I can't remember wh- exactly what it, it what its name was, but it was a, a three three that. Um, when it comes into play, um, you have you can choose one. I'll actually,
2: Brutalizer Xark.
1: Yeah, I actually have no idea what the name
0: was. Um, yeah, but... it's Brutalizer Xark.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, when when it com- enters the battlefield, choose one. Search your library for a creature card, reveal it, then shuffle your library and put that card on top of it, or um, put target non-creature permanent on the bottom of its owner's library. So I I searched up. Uh, um, my Sunblast Angel, um, or my my White Praetor, um, a handful of times. Um, and when I didn't, it was because I had one of those two cards in hand, and I was using the second thing to get rid of an arrest off of, <laughs> um, off of a, a critical creature or get rid of, um, like a uh, a critical artifact, um, off of the board. So uh, it was uh, that card. That card is really, really, really good. Um.
2: Yeah, all of the X are awesome in, are awesome in limited, and some of them foreshadowing might even be good in constructed.
0: Although the, I found that the white one is a little underwhelming. The drain your opponent yeah. loses to or you gain to—that's well, the only one that I think is pretty underwhelming.
2: Right. I mean, I mean, you'll definitely plan if you're playing the kind of deck that's also playing Leon and Skyhunter. But right, 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 I don't right. really want to be playing double white cards in this limited format unless they like cost eight mana and win you the game, or six <laughs> and win you the game. Yeah,
0: I I really liked the black one, which Grave Digs or
2: Duresses. You can has, even hit lands though, when because you costs four if so you don't want him to.
0: Right, right. It's it's kind of interesting because they have a lot of cards like that which are obviously just new take. Like that's obviously Grave Digger with a new take. It's one more black mana, but it gives you another option. Um, and there's a lot of cards like that which. Uh, They've printed similar ones in the past, and there's one I want to bring up now, which I found really interesting. I had one in my pool yesterday that I played with called Pristine Talisman. This was spoiled before all the other cards were, along with the uh, 1-1 that is a soul warden for you and and pings them for one when they play one Uh, creature. Yeah,
1: Suture Priest.
0: Suture Priest, that's right. So Pristine Talisman... It's three mana for an artifact, three colorless. Uh, Tap it to add a colorless mana to your mana pool, and you gain a life. So there's been cards that ramp like this, and there's been cards that add a life whenever they tap. But this is an interesting mixture of the two, and normally it would not be as good as it is in this set, I think, but because of the Phyrexian mana, I is much better, uh, I think, than... And, and now with Phyrexian mana, your life total is basically just extra mana you get to use. Yeah. So this, to me, in the deck that I was playing it in, I just kind of counted it as like 1.25 mana extra every turn, you know, with an added bonus of, you know, maybe you can... You you know, it, it's it's just basically like extra mana I get to play with, and it was awesome because I got to play lots of cards that I didn't... They weren't in my color, but they're Phyrexian mana like Cathedral Membrane, which is one in a Phyrexian white for an 0-3 wall that can uh, do six damage if it's killed in combat to all the creatures that it blocked, or um, the one that uh, you know the two the three one uh, first strike guy for two in a Phyrexian white, or the oh, one that's yeah. pro artifact and pro or pro a color for a Phyrexian white and one, and a bunch of other ones. But it's like I don't even have to think about worrying about that with these Pristine Talismans because now I can, you know, I just get extra value out of them. So I really like that card a lot. It was yeah. much better than I thought it would be.
2: I-, I think that card's also especially awesome in Sealed because in Sealed you really do have to otherwise make trade-offs because you have, like, eight Phyrexian mana cards and if you play more than, like, four or five, you're going to be, like, starting games at ten and that's kind of sad. Right, right. But- Whereas in Draft, you're not going to get that many just because anyone can play them, and a lot of them are completely awesome. Right. right. Plus, and
1: also, it, in Sealed, you're playing your, your bombs, and in this format, your bombs cost seven.
0: And also, right. in and in Draft, you're going to be playing against much more refined Infect decks. And in Sealed, yeah. it's obviously not going to be as refined. So I think it's definitely playable in Sealed. It is playable in Draft, but it probably will get sideboarded out quite a bit. Um, I I don't think it's playable but it's still kind of a cool card it's an interesting
2: design it it might be playable in block just because it's because block is just weird
0: yeah block is kind of weird there's a lot of interesting cards that will have applications in block uh, especially with block coming up so soon I'm very curious to see the the creations that are going to come out Um, but uh, briefly to go over my pre-release I went 4 and 2 for two packs, which was a little underwhelming, although uh, one of my losses uh, to a buddy of ours and a friend of the show, Gage, was kind of weird because he, th- it was just a weird board state situation. There was a little bit of confusion, and um, it caused me to uh, use my Shrine of Burning Rage for 17 instead of 18. Um, which it should have been the next turn, uh, or 19 if I cast a red spell. So that's that's the long and short of it. But he had a great deck. Uh, he ended up losing uh, in a weird way, but had a phenomenal deck, and it was it was a fun day. My other loss was to a guy who does not play very much. Um, he's a friend of a friend and a really great guy, really nice guy. Uh, but he just had a super bomb heavy deck. Um, and just every like every card was just phenomenal removal or a very powerful creature. Uh so just, you know, kinda went down that way, but so it does sometimes in, in the format. But it was still a lot of fun. I played a red, uh, black deck with artillerize the uh, three casting three and a red sacrifice a creature and artifact deal, five damage to a creature player. Um I had the uh I just had uh, Skin Render, a lot of solid removal, and I also had a Koth, which was my super bomb of the day. Must um, be nice. Yeah, and also one of my favorite like cards ever, so it was cool. It was awesome to crack a Koth, uh, especially since I'm now trying to play it in almost every deck I play. So that was fun, and I think it's going to go up in value, especially after rotation. But nonetheless, I had an awesome time with the pre-release, and I'm actually going to be going to the one later today as well. Um, and let's see. We should, is there anything else about pre-release weekend we want to go over before we move on? Uh,
1: living weapons are insane in this uh-huh. set. <laughs> Lash, Right um, is very, 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 very good and so is Batterskull. Batterskull, if you don't deal with and by dealing with you have to find a way of, of working around the fact that if they leave three mana open they can just bounce it, put it back in their hand. um,
2: that, those cards are very good. Four 0 re- re- oh, in games versus Batterskull on the day. So I was pleased with myself. You? H- yeah. How much? Four zero versus in games versus that card. Oh wow! I,
1: I started off really well, um, but i i lost I lost that card. Um, like when when you have that on a Steel Hellkite with counter backup, it's pretty
2: good. <laughs> oh, you played against Dave. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because I had Steel Hellkite beating Batter Skull because that card definitely trumps the other one.
0: Yeah, yeah but, but together, when
2: you
1: have a Steel that isn't tapped that that you can't that you can't Sunblast Angel, and even if you could Sunblast Angel or attempt to Sunblast Angel, when they have counter spells for your creature spells, yeah,
0: not blue so. blue counter target creature, and then they lose a life.
1: Yep, that 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 yeah. I I got I was a little frustrated. Um,
0: Although, actually, he did go on to win the tournament. And to did he? Tony Coletti's insane deck.
1: Cool, good somehow. for him.
0: Um, so, anyway. uh, Yeah, actually, Coletti mulliganed to five, I think, on game two, and I didn't see game one, but he actually almost came back. But uh, Dave's deck just kind of... It wasn't as powerful or as bomby, but it all kind of came together at the right time, and he did have two super bombs with Hellkite and with... The uh, batter Batterskull. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, let's talk about some tournaments, guys. Max, we know that you've been rolling at Infi with your Cobblade online. Um, anything you want to share with our listeners about that?
2: Deck is just crazy good. Um, it has a few bad matchups, but most of its bad matchups are either the Mirror, where it's only like 50%, and then like decks that lose to Valakut. And people online seem to not like playing the Mirror, so you could get lots of value, except that it costs, like, 600 tickets. So <laughs> you should probably... But it's really powerful, like... But everyone knows that already, because if we were going to summarize, like, the last 20 tournaments, it was... Blue, White, Cobblade won them. There there might have been one or two... There might have been two or three other decks in the top eight.
0: Okay, well, let's... and And, uh... After the tournament reports, we'll go over the MPH impacts, and let's talk a little bit then about how Cobbled will be impacted by the new set. Um, Greg, uh, you've had some interesting tournament reports as of late. Uh, Let's let's hear about those.
1: Yeah, so um, since the last time we recorded an episode, I've gone to a lot of tournaments, and I'll save all of our listeners the excruciating details, but uh, went to uh, GP GP Dallas. Dallas... Um, that didn't go very well Uh, I think that the last The last episode we recorded Was, w- recorded was shortly after Um, an MMS Which is right before the GP Dallas Where I switched from Um, the blue Black, uh, infect Um, Infect build that I, that I'd been running With Throne of Geth, um To Rug, right before the, An MMS, like two days before an MMS um did did marginally well at that at that event. Went on to, to GP Dallas without a whole lot of of of, of practice during the week. I've I've been really busy at work. Um, still getting some drafts in, but not a whole lot of time to, to sit down and, and grind out some some standard games for like four hours. So went to G, to Dallas. Um, attempted to grind in to get some buys. Didn't end up getting any buys. Um, uh, ended up. Playing against uh, Valka and then Boros hadn't hadn't tested against either of those decks. <laughs> Boros Boros just because I didn't expect to see see a whole lot of it for that tournament, which it, it wasn't all over the place. Um, there were a few people that were playing it, but not a lot of uh, not a lot of people. And the people that were playing it, um, most of which regretted it. Uh, PV was. Um, the only person with with Boros, the top sixteen out of it uh, So uh, I didn't I, I didn't end up doing very well. So I ended up dropping, playing some it, and having a good time anyway. Um, so that was Dallas. Came back. Um, the following weekend was uh, a Nationals qualifier on on Saturday and a PTQ on Sunday. Um, that National qualifier. Uh, this is this is all in Chicago. I didn't play in that that qualifier event um but did end up going out to chicago for the ptq um was playing for top eight in the last round and missing so i i I think i i think i still managed to
2: this was still with
1: yes this was oh this is with rug so um i i i i I changed the the deck list a little bit but um People that are familiar with the deck that, that are interested, you, um, Owen Turtonwald and I actually ended up playing this the um, um, I think same seventy four cards. Uh, there was one difference in our sideboard. Uh, he was playing Deprive, which after the fact um, he didn't um, he didn't actually uh, like that card. Um, I think I had an, an additional Flash Freeze or an additional Pyroclasm, I mean, um, but otherwise basically that that same list. Um, which was which is kind of interesting because I wasn't um, working with him on on that list um, so that was that was kind of interesting but anyway so uh, um, I, I took that and I, I brought that to to the PTQ ended up almost top eighty failing um, I, I think that I was just beat I was playing the mirror and, and lost in three games with my opponent having to play um, which is actually very very significant in, in the rug mirror um, but as as Jonathan can, can attest, there's there's a, there's, a, there's a there were two spots in in that game, um, one where I, I, I didn't explicitly misplay, but I could have played in a way that would have given um, that would have avoided the scenario, um, and then, um, late in the game. I I actually misplayed um, in in such a way where I pulled the trigger first and um, in in rug it's really about um, ramp 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 and whoever can land successfully land a jace with counter backup um, uh, or or you know uh, try and convince their opponent to To walk into um, getting getting an inferno titan encountered or or something of that nature. Um, whoever whoever pulls the trigger first usually loses, and and, and I I did. So um, that that kept me out of uh, out of top eight for for that PTQ, which was pretty disappointing. Because um, I, I felt like I was actually playing really well, and I felt like I, I now understood a lot of the the inherent qualities of rug that uh, that I needed to to play well. So. Um, Anyway, I then went on, to, um, the following, the following weekend playing, a uh, a winamox um, with, uh, with B-Raz and Alexis, uh, Rhino, Bobby Hill, a bunch of people from Milwaukee and, and a couple of people from Madison, um, all drove up to, um, to Manitowoc, Wisconsin, just kind of, it's, it's about a, it's about an hour and a half from Milwaukee, uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere. But uh, there was this winemax Wintama- winemax for this this store in Manitowoc, and uh, we we all wanted to to say hi to you, Alexis, who um, hasn't been in Milwaukee for a while. She moved she moved home. So uh, anyway, we we hung out with Alexis, played in the Wintamax, uh, and I top eight at that event. Um, it it wasn't i don't recall exactly how many people it's been a little while it wasn't a huge tournament it was it was less than fifty i think it was um thirty something uh, they 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 met their thirty two person it was like thirty four people or something like that so I wasn't terribly impressive that I topic it um uh, in terms of of quantity of people or necessarily quality but it was uh it was a really good time um I ended up losing to a a deck that I actually just, um, missed sideboard against not knowing what it was. It was, it was a mono-red deck that, um, uh, I thought it, I thought it was like a big red list, which it was, but I didn't inherently understand the strong sub-theme of artifacts. Um, it just, it used Pilgrim's Eye and, um, Everflowing Chalice to recur, uh, Kadultha, um, Phoenix, because also Phoenix, and I, I saw, I saw, I saw some of the red components game one, um, like Cough and um, some cards that he that he that he ditched to his um, his molten tail masticore, but I didn't see the, the the rest of the sub theme, and as a result, I, I, I boarded in some flash freezes and I had dead cards in my hand against his like Koth, or his uh his um his artifacts and ended up losing that in three. Um, so I was in Winomax, went to another nationalist qualifier, ended up um, top eighting that event. Um, won, won against a, a very competent um, opponent, a, very, a, a good friend of, of, of Jonathan's and and, uh, and a friend of uh, of most of ours. Uh, in in Rob Castro, a, a former um, uh, Wisconsin state champion from from like the late '90s. Um so beat beat him in the first round uh he had a really interesting interesting deck um but uh yeah so beat him went on to lose to a uh a vengevine deck uh the only non rug in the top 4 of that event um which was uh it was a um uh, green white vengevine list that splashed black for in- Inquisition of Kozlak, so the splash was off of Lotus Cobra, Birds, and I think fet- uh, fe- and, and Fetchlands, lands, um, like Verdant Catacombs, um, but um, that was that was the, the only Black Fetch. Oh, also a couple of removal spells, I think uh Doom Blade and Go for the Throw. But um, other than that, it was just Avenger Vines. Uh, and a Stoneforge mystic package with squadron Hawks, so um, the deck was actually a lot of fun very good um, didn 't really know my opponent but uh um, he's, he played very confidently went on to be another rug player in the finals so uh that 's been that 's been my standard journey for the in the last month or so playing rug the whole way uh testing a handful of different uh, um, uh, Sideboard options and main deck options, but I don't know. It was it was a good time, uh, Jonathan. I, I'm actually really curious. Um, so I, I know you were playing a, a counter burn deck um, to, to some success. What uh, what did your last month look like? What in what like, kind of what journey did you go on with that deck?
0: Well, I actually haven't been too successful, unfortunately, with it. Mm-hmm. I uh, have gotten more ninth places uh in the last few months and I have in a long time, but I um basically have you know, I, I like building rogue decks. I like running decks that aren't the norm. I know Max would argue to the hills that Cobblade is the best, but I actually had really good matchups against Cobblade each time. Um but anyway, I uh I built two decks. Um one is the blue red deck. It's kind of a uh, had different iterations. At one point it was more countery. At one point it was more burny, uh, with a lot of draw spells. And now I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm revamping it a bit with the new set, but I really like, uh, cough and I really like Jace. So between the two, I'm playing like 11 or something, uh, of copies of them. So yeah, so that's the point. And, uh, I, let's see, where to start? I played in that in that Chicago uh, Pro Tour qualifier, or excuse me, Nationals qualifier, the one that you weren't able to. Uh, first round actually paid against Caleb Durwood, who was playing Callblade, and gets me uh, game one, uh, and I, he just, you know, I, he doesn't really know what to sideboard against me. But game one takes a while. Game two takes a very long time, because they're both playing fairly controly decks. I kind of, like, end up dominating him. Uh, and I play my tech out of the sideboard, which is Dragon, Caster, dragon Master Outcast, which is one for a 1-1. One, one. And during your upkeep, if you control six or more lands, put a 5-5 five, five Dragon into play. So, I really... Uh, you know, that's 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 the tech I wanted um, because it's a threat that has to be dealt with, but it only costs one mana, so it allows me to win a counterspell war over it. But you have to deal with it because late game it will just get you there. Um, and, you know, while you can have a counter war over Titans or Consecrated Sphinx, that guy can hit and just stick. So I got... That out against him, he had to use all of his. Uh, he took out his Mortipods, obviously, against me because he didn't see a use for them in game one. So he had to, like, find all these tricky ways to get around him with, like, wraths and other stuff. And I had four in the deck, so eventually I just dragged him to death and then I burned him out or something. But that took a while, and the whole time he's like, I really don't want to get a draw, so let's hurry up, let's go quick, quick, quick. And so game three you know, he's sideboarding against me and I am I have to redo my whole sideboard because I put the Dragon uh, Master Outcast in there so he would take out his mortipods, and so he would miss sideboard against me. And then I kind of... I take them out and I redo my whole sideboard, but then I forget. Uh, you know, I left something else in so I have to sideboard again. And the whole time he's like, you know, I really don't want to draw. Let's go quick, 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 quick. And we're both playing. I mean, he's a, he's a fairly deliberate player, but I wouldn't say he was was terribly slow, and I am a very fast player, Uh, but we're both, you know, playing at a moderate pace, it just happened to be that the games took that long legitimately, so there's about 10 minutes left for the last game, and we're all sideboarded up, and I just take my sideboard, put it aside, and present my deck, and right as I present my deck, I didn't pile shuffle, which I always, always do, but because he kept prompting me, I just got totally teched out and didn't pile shuffle, and... He uh, says, uh, like, he goes to cut my deck and he says, he calls the judge right away. And I don't know what's going on or why he's calling a judge, but eventually the judge comes over and he says, I believe he's presented an Im- improper deck or something to that effect. And so the judge counts my deck, counts my sideboard. And I had left a card in accidentally, so it presented, a, like, my deck had. Uh, one too many cards in, and Cyborg was fourteen. Whoa. So I got the loss for that, obviously, because it's all kind of rules enforcement. Totally my fault. But you know, one way to handle that situation is to do what he did, and I can understand that. Another way would be to say, "I think you left an extra card in there." You might want. Yeah, to obvi-
1: out obviously, 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 he was he was trying to steal a win because yeah. he 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 noticed that, that he. he the only way that he would have said that is if he noticed and didn't and didn't say something until you had presented.
0: Yeah, it was it was a weird situation because first of all, how he even noticed that when I didn't pile shuffle, which obviously if I would have pile shuffled, which is just another lesson, fellows, you know, and, and ladies, everyone pile shuffle. Uh,
2: yeah, and pile shuffle in piles so that you can quickly count in your head that you have sixty or forty.
0: Right. I always do, pi- I I usually do piles of five, but which, which you can do that with because it's, it comes out evenly. But yeah, it's, it was, uh, yeah, that was a blowout, And, uh, it was just so frustrating because I asked him afterwards too. I mean, and he was a nice enough guy. Like he's actually pretty interesting. And, and we talked later that day and he was, he was fine. Like he's a pretty nice dude, but you know, he even said afterwards, he was like, wow, you're not tilting. And I was like, no, he's like, wow, I'd be on super tilt if someone did that to me. I was like, you know, it's my fault. I I made the mistake. I can't be mad about that. I just got to realize it and do better next time and, you know, be accountable. So he said, I'll just always pile shuffle, and this is a lesson. So fine. And he says, well, hopefully you went out, and I'll do my best to help your breakers. And, you know, that was it. But I asked him afterwards how he sideboarded, and I totally got him to sideboard in cards that would have been less useful against me, like put his Mortapod back in, put a a bunch of other stuff back in, take out his Condemned, da-da-da-da-da. You know, so my sideboarding plan totally worked, which, game one, he took out the useful cards. Game two, he would have put, you know, taken out the useful cards again put in the useless cards with the Dragon dragon Master Outcast. So I was proud of myself for that as a little moral victory, but it just goes to show that a transformative sideboard and a rogue deck can really do a lot of work. Anyway, we played, got my first round lost because of that. Uh, Went XO the rest of it, um, and then... In the last one, I lost in a very close game to rug, um, which I was one away from top eighting after that. So I played against a rug deck that was just you know exactly traditional list. There might have been one or two cards off, but you know I knew exactly what I was expecting. I knew how to sideboard, and he had no idea what I was playing. Game one, I go mountain, mountain into ever ch- Oh no! Game one, excuse me, I get mana screwed. Two mountains and an ever-flowing chalice, and I don't see any mana, any blue mana, the rest of the game for the loss. He gets a turn four Titan out and gets me, um, which I had the counter spell for, but it's fine. So that was game one. Game two, I go mountain, mountain, ever-flowing chalice, cough, Titan. Game. So you know, turn four Titan for me that game. Game three, he's like, "Wow, I've you know, he he sideboards, and then he sees an island, the first island of the match, and he has no idea what to do." you know cuz he's totally mis-sideboarded by this point and doesn't realize I have counter spells and all sorts of stuff but i it it goes kind of back and forth and back and forth and i uh i end up um i i know that he has a flash freeze in hand by the way he's been playing but i i try to force through two threats which Turned out being wrong because he had two, uh, he, he ended up having two flash freezes and uh, spell pierce, um, which I didn't put him on and totally blew me. He he ended up um, being able to land something on his turn, and then uh, after that, it was just such a disadvantage, I had to double bolt a titan, and then he just ended up getting there. Um, if the I also got stuck on three mana very early, I missed two land drops, so... I think, um, all in all, I was pretty happy with the deck, but I think I could have made a couple tweaks to make it better, and I think it might have gone differently if I don't get that first round loss to Caleb. It was still a good learning experience, and I think the power of Rogue decks is still very strong, and is also also, uh, you know, being able to have people miss sideboard against you is awesome. So that was that tournament, that tournament that Greg went to. The PTQ was, for some reason, well, it was a Sunday, but it was much, much smaller, that, there was only like thirty or forty something people at that one. The first one was like at the PTQ. Yeah the the one in Chicago.
1: I mean, there was the there was a nationals qualifier. I mean, I don't, I don't remember one being that small. I mean, there was the yeah, nationals I mean, it was, it was yeah, I thought it was like seventy or something. But uh, it, it's been a long month, so like yeah, some it of the, was some of these tournaments blend together.
0: It, it might have been somewhere around forty, but it was very small. It was like between. I think it was, maybe it was around forty, yeah, but it was very small. The one before was like a hundred plus. Anyway, so the the it was kind of weird to see that for the nat- Well, for the nationals qualifier, there was eight slots too, as opposed to just one. So that was that was interesting. That it had such a bigger turnout that was just incredible. So I was really pissed that I didn't make the PTQ either because uh, I um yeah, because it was such it was yeah well. Anyway, so that was fun, and then uh, finally, the last thing I want to talk about is one other tournament I went to, which is in Chicago, or in Illinois, excuse me, at Extreme Games, which is awesome if you ever get a chance to go down there. I highly recommend it, but it's in Northern Illinois, and they had a Nationals qualifier there that Julio ran a rogue deck with a banned rogue deck with his super tech of the day recurring insight bet that seems terrible, but by the end of it, everyone was going nuts over, and... He had a misplay in the quarterfinals, which he even admitted Like right afterwards. He looks at me and he's like, I just screwed up or something. But if he didn't have that misplay, he wins that game for sure. If he does any other line of play, he wins. He basically sunblasts angels his own guys, while the other guy has tumble magnet to get his sunblast angel. So the board is clear, except the other guy has tumble magnet with two counters, and he has like two more Hawks in hand and an equipment on the board. So... If if he goes through any other line of play, he he wins, without a doubt. Cause he still had his tumble magnet on one counter. Going go anyway, long story short, he lost. He should have won. He should have at least gotten second place or first in that one. But again, you know, Rogue Deck did really well and that was awesome. And the guy who beat him ended up going on to win it. I played in the Midwest Masters trial after that with another deck I've been working on, which is the Jun a Jun deck with Abyssal Persecutor um, Sark on the Mad and a bunch of planeswalker uh, just a bunch of random stuff that um I thought would be good tech stuff and I ended up winning that one and I played I went XO in the in the in the um top eight. I didn't lose a game and it was hilarious seeing how nuts people went because you know I played against what I played against Cobblade, Valecut, and Rug. In the finals, I think, and uh, it was just awesome. It was, it was cool to see people like looking at my cards, like, what the hell is that? You know, I got Obnixilus out, which is three black, black, three, three landfall. It gets plus three, plus three counter, and target a, p- a player loses three life. On um, in two turns, I was able to do eighteen damage just with Obnixilus, and you know, he like had tumble magnets for all my guys, but. I just uh, up next list him out with that and then bolted him for the win. And, you know, it's just awesome to be able to have people going nuts, you know, over that type of stuff. And I also think I got a big advantage because every match, even though they've been watching and talk about my deck the whole time, everyone was like, I have no idea what to sideboard against you. And it, I think, gained me a lot of advantage. So uh, I won that, which is awesome, and now I'll be going on to the next Midwest Masters thing. But that's basically it for my tournament report. Um, there's a couple other ones, but... I think we've talked long enough about this. I think it's time to go on to MPH predictions. What do you guys say? Yeah, because
1: yeah. um, I haven't. We haven't had a chance to really talk in the last month. We've both been so busy. The only free time we have, we go to tournaments, um, which I, I think is awesome. But uh, definitely, um, we're a little out of touch. So uh, I, uh, I actually really appreciated hearing some of that. So you, you won an MMS trial. Yeah. So you've, got, so, so you've got a buy then on I get, the next MS, right?
0: I get a buy. I think I'm in, you get invited to some big tournament that they have, and then a playmat and a unique set of sleeves or something. They didn't have it. I didn't really know what it was. I just wanted to play the tournament sure. there. Sure. And I'm still not exactly sure what it meant. I have to look that up, but I think the next one oh oh one more thing. There's Game Universe one of our show's sponsors. Oh, and we have to thank MTG Cast and Game Universe. So thanks guys. You guys are awesome and thanks for hosting. But Game Universe is going to be having a Midwest Masters in June. I think it's the first weekend of June. Uh, so if anyone's in the Midwest area, come up to Milwaukee for that. Game Universe in Greenfield, uh Milwaukee. And um and cool. it's a great store. So
1: Yeah that's actually where where we played uh, our pre release um yesterday. We really like that store
0: Mm mm-hmm um so so let's talk let's talk about mph uh max i know you have a lot of thoughts you were talking about earlier on predictions of cards what they're going to mean but before any of that i just want to talk about callblade a little bit and what you think the impacts and greg as well but what i know max has been playing at Infi. what do you guys think the impacts of callblade is going to be
2: um, well, I think there are two really... The two pieces of equipment you get to add are really huge. Because Sword of War and Peace is amazing in the mirror because... pro white You can't block the creature, and it also lethals them in, like, two turns. Because you're basically hitting... If they're if they're anywhere near a full hand, you're hitting them for, like, eight or nine a turn with just it on a Squadron Hawk. And then Batterskull is basically... Now your Stoneforge Mystic can tutor up a Bane, an unkillable Baneslayer Angel that costs two. So that's pretty solid and also makes it even harder for a lot of the aggro decks to beat Cobblade. Even, yeah, and it already had a pretty good matchup against kind of the red aggro decks, and now it can have a good matchup against Vampires. So those things are huge. But I think there's also kind of decks that attack Cobblade in ways that are going to make it either have to adapt or get bad matchups, because the current Cawblade list that people are running have very few outs to the um, deceiver Twin com- or splinter twin combo.
0: And for anyone who's been living under a rock for the last couple weeks and doesn't know what that is, uh, Max, why don't you quickly go over that combo?
2: Okay, so deceiver is base is 2 and a blue for a 1-4 with Flash, and when it comes into play you can either tap or untap a permanent, I believe. And so That's correct. And then Splinter Twin is a junk rare from Rise of the Eldrazi. Two red red for an aura. And then it gives the creature the ability to tap to make a counter of itself. So you put it on the XR, tap the XR to get a 1-4, which then lets you untap it, tap it again to get a 1-4, dot, 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 dot. Then you have infinite 1-4s, and then... Your opponent doesn't have infinite life, so they die. And they, they have, all have haste. Those one-force have haste, yeah. They have one haste, and they die at the end of turn. But yeah. your opponent dies before the end of the turn, so it's okay. Um, so the thing is that you can play that that in decks that have basically their own counter spells, disruption, etc. And then the removal that Cobblade has been playing up to this point is all either Sorcery Speed or Condemn, which can't disrupt the combo. And so that's going to be interesting because you may need Cobblade playing Dismember, which is 1 and 2 Phyrexian Black for an instant that, get that minus that 5, minus 5 something.
0: Which is also good against Cobblade and against a myriad of other decks. It kills Man Lands, it kills uh, Lotus Cobra for 1 mana, it kills cards <laughs> uh, that are about to be equipped, etc.
2: Right, so it's, just, it's going to make, if that deck is good, and I'm not sure it's going to be good, but it has a lot of potential, especially because you can basically play it in a... JC control shell. It will basically force decks to adapt and play removal spells, which aren't necessarily the best removal spells versus the rest of the format. Because if you're having to play like go for the throat or dismember against that, there's so much worse against like against like you know titans or pre or ah. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hold
0: hold. I'm gonna let me uh, offer a counterpoint on that, Max. I disagree. I think that dismember is good against.
2: Yeah, like, no, I, I, I realized when I was talking
0: that I was... Because, um, it, like, a lot of the... Like, even Valakut, a lot of those decks are now running the... the um, what's that?
2: Valakut is also um, running more creature ramp. Yeah, which they're is, running
0: Cobras. Even... It's not dead, because even taking out a Battlement is
2: okay. But, no, and I was thinking more for Cobblade that... The removal that Cobblade likes for the current metagame is stuff like Oust and Condemn, which is good against Venge Vines, good against early mana creatures, etc. Whereas having to run Dismember and just, like, Dismember your oppo- your opponent's mana creature when they're playing, like, a green aggro deck is pretty miserable.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, taking out a Cobra is sweet for four life. I'll be on that all day. I think Dismember is one of the best cards Cobblade Ka- got of the new set, actually. But, I hear what you're saying. I think I like having it be a little bit more proactive, though, than... Uh, I know the debate before we were having was Journey to Nowhere versus Condemn, and people were talking about that, and Condemn ended up winning out, but I think that Dismember does a lot of the work and is more proactive, which is nice. For example, another nice benefit you get is Precursor Golem. If people are still running that, You know, they would swing in with one or two of the copies, leaving one back. So even if you Condemn you're still losing value on
2: it this way you don't yeah. have to worry about that it's no so that's that's that is definitely true i mean the thing it's most bad against is vengevine which possibly we can use to transition to talking about other decks
0: okay fair enough so uh so greg any thoughts you have on how this new set will affect coblade or the deck you've been running rug um i'm
1: not i'm not really sure i mean I, what I, I what i've been doing with with this, this this discussion is i've actually just been kind of sitting back and Listening. Um, I know that I'm not, I'm not planning on, on playing in a, a major tournament in the next, um, in the next couple of weeks that are like a major standard tournament. So, um, I, I've, I've been avoiding some of the, the, the grunt work on, uh, on a lot of play testing, early pr- play testing. But, um, in, in, in conversations, I'm actually, I'm actually really curious what, um, a might come out, m- might be, um, viable with Vengevine and b what kinds of completely uni- unique decks are going to come out more so than than really well what are the what's the hive mind going to do to callblade and what's the hive mind going to do to rug and and is does rug still make sense i mean some people are even talking about the the splinter twin t- splinter twin combo um, fitting its way into rug i don't i don't really think that that's, that that's going to happen but it's not you know completely unreasonable um uh inferno titan seemed which has been just a just a house for uh, about the, the last month month and a half um and it was it, it was insane before that but it was didn't see the kind of play um i think that that gets less good um with the sword of war and peace um and with, with, uh, potentially either mono black or black blue decks that have obliterator, um, like having having um, big guys <laughs> that uh, that don't just die to um, one two or three damage on a stick um, makes makes rug, which is more or less a um, a lightning bolt control deck. Um, Makes that strategy with um, having lots of different ways of dealing targeted damage uh, in, in a way with 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 Jace makes that strategy um, less viable from a from a high level meta game standpoint. So what what kind of deck makes sense? I think um, is going to be really. Hard to determine in the first couple of weeks because you're going to see um, some experimental builds. Aggro always, you know, there's always some aggro deck that comes out right at right um, at the beginning of um, format changes, just because the control decks don't know what they need to be playing against. Uh, and I'm I'm really curious to see where we're going to be in 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 like even even as short as three weeks from now. Um, but I don't. I don't have any particular predictions as as to what that's going to be um, quite yet. Um, I'm I'm more interested from a constructed standpoint in what's going on in in Legacy because of Mental Misstep Misstep and Providence coming in, in a couple weeks. Uh, I don't really want to get into any of that. I mean, I think that every, most of our most of our listeners know what Mental Misstep. Are. Is and we're not really a a show that talks about legacy, so uh, I don't really want to get into that. But that's that's where I've been focusing a little bit more of my uh, my constructed um, interests with uh, with uh, New Phyrexia.
0: Okay, well, I really (laughs) like uh, I really like some of the new cards. I think Blue Green is the next deck I'll be working on uh, to try to develop a rogue deck out of this set. Although, the card that I'm most excited about, and I don't know if this is correct or not, but it's the one that I'm. besides this blue-green deck I've been kind of fiddling around with I'm going to be trying to work on is a, the White Chancellor. I believe it's four white, white, white for a 5-6 flyer. At the beginning of the game, you can reveal it from your hand, and the first spell your opponent tries to cast costs one more. And while it's in play, the first, or the whatever spells your opponent tries to cast cost one more. Um, and Max, it looks like you have some thoughts on this.
2: I'm just skeptical. Okay. That's just my, I'm just adopting my default pose of skepticism. I mean, I would actually, there's a chance that I'm excited about, which is the green one. Well, the
0: green one <laughs> is going into my blue green deck. That one's already good. We know that one's good.
2: Well, I think it's just. The thing I really like about the blue-green, or about the green what's one... The, what's the green Chancellor do? It gives you a green mana. And it's the same casting cost except for... Uh, and then it's, green terrible, it's a terrible 6-7 seven for 7 with Reach and Vigilance. But luckily it gives you a green mana, which lets you turn 1 a Fauna Shaman, which then you can use to discard that terrible 7 drop in your hand.
0: Or turn 1 a Lotus Cobra.
2: Right. No, it's so I think it's really interesting... Huh. I think it makes the green Vengevine decks, it plus possibly Mere Superion, which is the 5-6 that you can only cast with creature mana, it just makes the green Vengevine decks a turn or two faster, which might be what they need to do to be able to successfully race Valakut, and if they can race Valakut they can then beat Cowblade and we have a real format again.
0: Well, plus being able to go turn one Chancellor uh, into a... If you have like two Vengevines and uh, Squadron Hawk? Yeah, if you have Squadron Hawk, you can just, like, turn one, pitch a bunch of Vengevines, turn two, or turn three, or whatever, turn them on, like, yeah, birds in no. a hawk or something.
2: Right, so I just, I think that Vengevine has, for the, since, basically since Bloodbraid Elf rotated, just been a little bit too slow to beat, the, to beat Titan decks, and that has been just a massive blight on the format, because Vengevine is basically the natural predator of the Clawblade decks. Because they don't really have a good answer for Fauna Shaman, and you're just getting as much value as they are, and their sort of Feast and Famine hits are suddenly terrible. But So whenever I'm playing Cobblade and someone plays a Fauna Shaman deck against me, crud. But luckily, they're just so bad against Valakut that they're not really a big part of the metagame, and so I'm really interested to see if getting a bunch more speed from the new set will change everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm not as excited about the green Chancellor, only because it's so obviously... Uh, it's it's just much more obvious. I think that the white one has... It's a little trickier, and that's just my style. It's probably terrible, but the ability is so strong. One more mana for every single spell is just bonkers, even as a 5-6 f- like flyer that...
2: But it's I mean, one mana for every additional spell after you've played a 7 drum.
0: Right, which is what I'm working on, but I'm thinking about mana differently now that I've been playing with my blue, red deck, and I've played with, uh, Everflowing Chalice and Tumble Magnet and and, uh, and class and class. Yeah, I guess Tumble Magnet doesn't really matter, but it's still sweet. But yeah, no, with, with no
2: found class- that you can make a seven drop even through like mana leaks and everything. Right, the issue is just them having to pay one more mana is much less of a big deal when it's turn six or turn seven or whatever. Right. That is early in the game. And early in the game, it's, it's actually, it's still pretty solid, but it just, it basically slows them down once, or they can, especially if they're playing Gataxian Probe. That's kind of sweet, by the way. Yeah, of yeah. course. Because they can just turn one, cast that, shut off your Sphere of Resistance, and get a little bit of value.
0: I mean, it's still it's still costing a mana. Like even oh. in, in worst case scenario it's still relevant and it gives you um some kind of advantage. The disadvantage is that you have a seven drop in your hand. I don't um, know. It's
2: it's but, something it's something I'm working on. what oh, one about one it. thing just for people who haven't spent like the last month immersed in the new set, so Getaxian probe is a sorcery for one Phyrexian blue mana and you basically get to look at your opponent's hand and draw a card. So it's, it's bonkers. Ten- it's bonkers because it gives you v- information, which is value, and then it also basically can be free or can be free in terms of not costing a mana or a card, and making your deck smaller and more efficient. Or it can basically not cost you a life and a card and give you information. And I think, so people, so have, so I I think hear, people have no so idea how, Yeah, good. I
0: think I think people have no idea sometimes how powerful that is. I mean, that's why I like Inquisition of Kozilek so much or Duress. Obviously, the effect is great, and it's it's huge being able to take out a sword or whatever, a Jace or something, small Jace. But I think the ability to get all that information, especially first turn, when you get to see their whole hand, is just so good. It's also really good late game when you want to make sure that they don't have those two flash freezes and the uh, spell pierce or whatever. You know, it's it's just bonkers good. The information you get from that is... I mean, aside from a free cycling card that makes your decks one less... I remember back in the day, we used to play Urza's Bobble, which is a zero-casting cost artifact that at the beginning, you tap it, second it, and you get to, like, look at the top card of your library or something like that at the beginning of the next upkeep, draw a card. And we went nuts over that. We'd play four of them right away because it would just get you to your good cards quicker and... Especially when you had Yogg's Will, it was insane. But this not only gets you to your good cards quicker, it not only makes you deck 56 cards, it also gives you a huge amount of relevant information, potentially. And that's so... I, I don't think that people emphasize how important that is. I, yeah, when, I, I, just, whenever, I love that. I love that ability. I love being able to know what my opponent has and play around it. Especially when
1: there are, are as you as you stated before, counter spells. I mean, whether it's Flash Free, Spell prayers. Mana leak, deprive. I mean, the list goes on, and, so- and there are new ones too. I mean, it's just there, there, there are counter spells in this format, and being able to play um, around them, especially like even if you, even if you wait it, and you maybe if you don't turn one it, but you, you, you want to get off your, your, your J turn, you pay, you pay the life, and, and you get all that information. You know exactly what they have in hand that turn, and you cycle it and have more options. I mean, it just seems very good.
2: Also, it, it does make spell pierce so much worse. Because, yes, yes. Because if your opponent knows you have spell pierce, they can just play creatures, or and then when they have plus two mana, play their spell.
0: It's also but- really good because then you know if you should you know you know it's it's really good with uh, summoning trap. It's good against summoning trap. It's just so good for so many reasons. Cards awesome. I can't wait to play with it. Um, plus, the other thing is that it's even if it's not for zero, even paying it for one like even you don't even have to pay the life oh man it's awesome all right my computer's about to die we need to wrap it up greg has to get going max has got a roll let's call this one a show (laughs) great to be back on the air with you guys uh we'll have our next episode coming out happy mother's day any closing thoughts fellas
1: um i've got some quick ones um i want to i want to thank uh, um our listener base for for holding on we got we actually got um a ton of great feedback we got we got some um some props on twitter from uh gavin verhey um i want to want to i want to actually call him out and thank him for for the kind words that he that he that he put out there about our show on on twitter uh we got a lot of we got a lot of twitter f- New Twitter followers in the last um, month and a half. I mean, I didn't mention this in the last show, but we've 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 been getting a solid following there. Um, on on our last two two episodes, we've we've we ha- we've had over five thousand um, listeners each. So we we just had some outstanding um, uh, listener support from that standpoint. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, ask us questions or or actually have. Um, some some impact on the content of our show. We listen to what you guys say. Uh, if you guys want to send us a uh, an email, uh, forcepikes at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, Forespikes and uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, and thank you guys for all of the the, the good feedback and uh, for 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 holding on while we've uh, been on hiatus for a little bit. So thank you guys.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, big props to our listeners. Thanks all you guys because. I had no idea how many downloads we were getting until uh, the wonderful Chris Otwell, who makes all this possible, um, sent us those numbers, and that's pretty incredible. One of the shows before that, we had nearly 6,500 downloads, and that's pretty cool. So, cheers. Thanks, everyone. Um, And, uh, yeah, let us know what you want to hear, because we're doing this for you guys. Um, Yep. That's all i got to say.
2: Max, Anything? Um, you guys should play this limited format. It's really weird and unfair and awesome. So it's
1: <laughs> fun. Really fun. It's really, um, really fun.
2: <laughs> it's really fun, but sometimes not for your opponent. So wizards did, I think, a really cool job of kind of making it play in a way that works with the flavor, which is that you should often just your opponent just makes you feel terrible because they're doing <laughs> unfair things. <laughs> Yes, very flavorful in that respect. (laughs) Because they they always have the free giant growth.
0: (laughs) All right, and on that note, we will call it a day. Speak to you guys later. Adios. Thanks, everybody.